0: Um, <clears throat> because I've, I've, yeah, I feel I'm supposed to do this for, um, our leaders in the nation and for friends and family wondering what to do in this time of this, um, pandemic and this time of, um, uh, the church being canceled. Okay, so, um. maybe we can uh well i'm just going to say this to everyone listening as and and everyone listening everyone here um where we're going and what we've what what you're going to hear in this message and even just to anyone who still attends church anyone who attends a service or a um what's it called support group or AA group, and you come together to support one another, pray for one another. Um, you you uh, you just have to know, you know. Um, it's war, and you could be fine. There's a law, and so if you go, you need to go at your own risk. Okay. So, um, and um, but let me tell you about those. And so let's 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 go on here. Like, and this is for this house or any house. That is gonna to continue to meet that have been meeting. We and um so I've been really seeking the Lord. So let's just just let's just quickly um in, just ask God to lead this. We want God to lead this message as you watch tonight and as I um bring what I feel the Lord has given me. So, Father, tonight I thank you that you hear ours, our prayers. You have been, there's tons of prayer going on. The church has awakened in prayer, and it's duty to pray, and you are hearing, and it's led of you, and there's a grace to do it, and we thank you for it. So tonight, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us, speak through this message, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see actually what's going on, and I just pray for uh, clarity, and I thank you for tech that works. Okay, so... um, Yeah, what a day that we live in. I will say this, the battle for Canada came out of a word that I brought to the Canadian Prophetic Council in 2017, the battle for Canada and even the firewall and the awakening of intercession in the nation because in 2016, 2017, I seen a darkness coming on the nation of Canada uh, that was going to come in the year 153, 2020. We're here right now. For the next month, it is still 2020. And uh, I felt a warning from the Lord to awaken the church to say, hey, um, we've got some work to do. Otherwise, we're going to not only go into darkness, we're going to miss the harvest. Well, I'm just letting you know the church has awakened, and we're not going to lose the harvest. We are not going to lose the harvest. Having said that, we are in the storm of our lifetime, we've just passed through the eye of the storm, and now we're back in the wind. Okay, so here we are, and that was a word that I got as well. This is, okay, Uh, now this is not going to resonate with some, but for a few of you, have you ever had, especially the guys, ever have uh, someone pick a fight with you? You know, back in the day, whatever, right? And you didn't necessarily want it? (laughs) Remember when I was about 16, 17 going to my favorite pastime place as a kid, the pool hall. Uh, I'm very good at certain video games today because of many hours spent in Danny's pool hall. Good at pool, good at Miss Pac Man. I'm good at many different things. But anyway, I walked in one day and my friend who I got to know who's working behind the counter was bleeding. And he was a mess, and he is—he was really not good. I said, I forget his name now. It's in the '80s, sometime mid '80s. I said, like '85. What's going on? He goes, uh, a big guy came in and wanted some chips from behind the counter. I said no, and he punched me, and he took him, and he—he he just left. I said, oh really? So me and my two buddies were like, we'll, we'll go get the chips back, and. We, <laughs> So maybe, wait, wait, wait. Maybe this is a, well, I didn't pick this fight. But anyway, so, but I did run around the corner and there's this big guy, (laughs) a big guy (laughs) eating some chips. (laughs) And he had been drinking. And and I I come out front and my buddy from behind says, hey man, give back those chips or Art's gonna beat you up. And those two guys are in the back, like go we'll get him, go we'll get him, like whoa! And this guy came at me and swung. And um, anyway, I I, uh, I got the chips back, and uh, I uh, something came out of me. I didn't, re- you know, I just wanted to go play a game, and this happened, and I did, I I I, uh, I I won that one. You know, sometimes you're just minding your own business, and a fight comes to you, and I just believe. For Canada, there's a fight that's come to us, and we weren't necessarily looking for it. You know, and sometimes it's just a bully, right? I remember, (laughs) I've got lots of stories like that. I'm not going to tell you any more of those. But there was this one time, though, my kids, though. My kids, they're in grade one. Now, I had taught them, if somebody's picking, really, really beating on your brother, you have to defend one another. You have to stand up for one another. Well, this one day I got a call from the principal. We got a call and it's like, um, hi, principal, we're here, da 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 Your son Jaden's in the office with me. Um, he choked out a grade three. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, oh. So I go to uh, the principal's office. There's Jaden and he's crying and there, you know. And um, I, I guess uh, he had... Uh, choked out this kid and wouldn't let go and stuff. And and I said, Jaden, I, I taught you better. Like, what, what's going on? He goes, but dad, there was a guy who was punching Jesse. And I only did what you told me to do. And I choked the other boy out. I was like, <laughs> looking at the principal. <clears throat> He defended his brother, and he was so scared, he just held on to this kid and just, like, like right choked him out, like, made him pass out and stuff. I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm like, we'll talk when we get home, Jaden. I'm getting in the car. Good boy. It's like, yeah. Uh, it's like, now, nobody messes with Jaden. I, I, supposedly, they were in grade, there was grade six and seven. They were combined classes. And uh, they were in grade six, and the grade sevens were there. And so the grade sevens want to really like to bully the grade sixes. And um, there was this friend of my son's who was about four ahead of them in this lineup. And this grade seven came up and uh, pushed the guy out of line. And and the story goes that Jaden just walked up, reached, and just, whing! The grade seven crumpled up against the wall. Nobody, nobody messed with uh, my son Jaden. And uh, grade ten, he he won the arm wrestling of the in the whole school of grade twelves and stuff. And he had, and he no one picked on him. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, sometimes there's a bully and they just come after you. And uh, I know that as believers here, and I know I hope that pastors are watching, share this out. You know, to those, because we're wondering, what do we do here in this time? And I know that even as believers are teachings from Jesus, like, you must turn the other cheek, be loving, um, you know, so I've really been thinking and wrestling all week about this message that I felt I was supposed to bring to you today in the nation. I've been praying. I've had other people praying, okay, and... um I, I just got back from Kidamat like at 2:30 in the afternoon. And I was there helping put in a floor in a kitchen and laundry for my son and stuff, and got to see the Kidamat crew and folk, and they say hello and saw my parents. Da, da 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 It was just a packed time. But this morning I woke up in my hotel room just just praying. I was with my buddy Kevin Judds, and he says hi to everyone. And uh, so me and him like to do stuff, work together and stuff. And then I have someone staying with me in my hotel room, you know, and and uh, but while he's snoring. I was like praying in my bed and like for like a couple hours like praying just like, you know. And I'm trying to pray, Lord, I really need to hear from you. I really need to hear. What do we do? And this song started going through my head and I was like, stupid song, get this song out of my head. Why am I thinking of this song? No, God, I'm focusing on you, just what do we do? And this song kept playing through my head and I was just like, then I like, wait. Maybe this is not a distraction. Maybe this is like, why would I think of this? But the song was, <clears throat> I know that a good half of you will not know this song, but the song was called, it was going through my head, The Coward of the County. Who, who knows that song? 10% of you, yeah. It's, it's old, it's uh, Kenny Rogers. Wrote it years ago, The Coward of the County. This song is going over and over in my head. Now, if you know the story, it became a movie, but the song was just iconic, such a, Kenny Rogers was such a storyteller, but the song, the story is that there's this kid who grows up, Tommy, right? And they called him the coward of the county because he would never fight back. He would get bullied, bullied, bullied. He would never fight back, and everyone knew, everyone just called him, hey, Yeller. That's was his nickname was, Yeller, because he was yellow. He would never fight, you know, and if, <clears throat> he would never fight back. And the the sad story was that when Tommy's dad, when Tommy was 10, his dad died in jail. And the last, and and he saw his dad being taken by sheriffs on this train, and he was very young. And um, the very last words of Tommy's dad to him were the chorus of the song. And it it was... um, And it was, promise me, son, not to do the things I've done. Walk away from trouble if you can. Um, It don't mean you're weak if you turn the other cheek. I really hope you're old enough to understand that, son, you do not have to fight to be a man. Now, this song's going through my head. I'm like, what's God saying? I'm like, okay, okay. Maybe just turn the other cheek here everyone. Maybe we just need to take and everything that 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 people who don't like church or approve of church or 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 in all these rules, maybe we need to just shut down. Maybe we just need to shut up and mask up and go home and not visit people and and just say thank you, you know? May I have another? You know, just like maybe we need to do that cuz this song's going through my head and like and so I I I listened I was listening to this song over and over, and this kid Tommy actually kept getting picked on. Do you remember that by the boys, the Gatlin, Gatlin brothers, Gatlin boys? They kept picking on him all through his life, but he had, ne- he had always promised not to fight back his dad's dying wish, and so he didn't. He didn't fight back. It's a great movie, by the way, too. Kind of corny, cheesy compared to... You know, today's movies about, I don't know, 45 years old, 50 years old. Anyway, so I've said I've been praying all week because just over a week ago, as most of BC, BBC sure knows, and would sure know, and most of Canada, that uh, our chief medical officer, Bonnie Henry, has outlawed church. Um, we're not allowed to have church. Oh, it's only for two weeks, right? We're on, what, 200? Day 240 of 15 days of flattened curve. Anyway, um, but she said, now, no, no church. Um, and I, I was, I know that uh, there are many, that that um, there's many people that are not good with this law. There's many people that are not good with what Bonnie did and, and said. And I know that um, <clears throat> many people are, Questioning, what do we do? And many people are torn. As of right now, we are losing our rights and freedoms, actually. As the Church of Canada. And as Canadians. And people, many people are saying, just submit. Okay. All right. Don't fight. Just listen to the government. Turn the other cheek. Go with it all. Just go with it all. Of course, the government does say... It's okay to go to the bar and watch the strippers. It's okay for that. This is our law right now. But we cannot gather as a church. Just go with it. It's okay uh, to go to a restaurant, sit with strangers, actually. People not in your own household without a mask. But you can't be in church with a mask. This is our law now. There's actually a lot of people who are saying, you know, uh, they've been saying it for a while. Even as we kicked up the battle for Canada, just be like Daniel out of the, you know, out of the book of Daniel. You know, he was just a, a guy who just went with it. He served the evil king. He didn't make any waves. He just served well. He just brought the kingdom in there um, and smile and just be, just be like Daniel. I've seen memes. In fact, <laughs> when we actually made a stand for life in Edmonton in May 2019, and we stood and repented for the sin of abortion. The church, a lot of people, you know, and we boycotted Cineplex. And and we feel, and those 12,000 letters that came out of that helped turn the tide, and actually it was shown in Canada. But people said, no, 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 you shouldn't have done that. Just be like Daniel. Just shut up, suck it up, and serve. And just be nice. Now, I, I also, for those who, Feel that I want you to remember that Daniel was a young prophet. Young, uh, he was a young kid at the time, and he actually witnessed the destruction of of Jerusalem and Israel. He also witnessed his king—I forget his name, Jehoiakion, whatever—being dragged away by hooks in his face. He watched his king and some elders being. Had hooks in their face and dragged along. He watched many people murdered, killed in front of him. And he had also heard, remember, Daniel had also heard the prophet Jeremiah speak and said, Do not fight. 70 years, we're going to exile. Don't fight it, you can't. Don't run away to you. just go with it. That's what the prophet Daniel said. Daniel knew it, in fact, and he was right there all through the 70 years, right to the first year of King Cyrus, and he knew because of the book of Jeremiah, it says that 70 years it was gonna be. So he knew. He knew it was futile to fight. So it's a little bit different than what we have, I'm just letting you know, okay? Now, um, he could have stood up, you know, and just be killed with the rest, but you know, he watched his king be dragged away. He watched he watched everything go very south for many people. So when he was so Daniel, you're going to be a good boy. Oh, yes. oh, yes. Daniel, you're going to take the name of my false god. Um Belshazzar. Oh, okay. Fine. I believe that he was in survival mode. Yes, he served well. Yes, he was anointed. And and yeah, remember there there was some other ones with them too, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were actually names of false gods, too. Those weren't their actual name. They had they were given those names and they had a choice: either serve or die, either serve or be killed. God was not going to rescue them from this king per se. It's like, I want to go back to Israel. No, no, no. You they Daniel didn't have a choice. It was 70 years. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did grow there. And um, they gained wisdom and favor, as some of you know. That's Daniel chapter 1. But actually, Daniel, it actually they actually passed a law in Daniel's time. Actually, in Daniel chapter 6, if you read it, that actually, because they were very jealous of Daniel, right? They were de- jealous of Daniel, and they, um, is that uh, this mic? Tighten her up. Yeah, okay. So they um, so they tricked this lobbying p- past that you can only for thirty days only pray to this false God and Daniel, what did he do it says that he um, he um, <clears throat> he was not allowed to pray to this God now that day you remember what happened because you guys know the rest of the story it's like he actually um, could have done his private devotions that day, correct? That's my backup, okay. Daniel could have done private devotions that day, but you know what he did? He opened the window and he faced Jerusalem and he prayed in front of everyone. He actually defied the law that day. And it was the highest law, the Medes and the Persians. Well, the highest law in the land, of course there's a higher law. It's God. But that day he defied. And you know, you know the rest of the story. He's thrown in the lion's den for it. But you also know the rest of the story that God actually rescued him. And those detractors who were jealous of his high position in the land actually got thrown in the lion's den. And and but Daniel was willing to go to the lion's den rather than not pray publicly. That's interesting. So I agree, we should be like Daniel. But how about a few chapters before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, out of Daniel chapter one, who were really wise and, and they grew in stature, they, be, they became administers of the kingdom. In chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar, um, this power hungry guy, one, he built a statue 90 feet tall, he put it in the desert, He and he said, okay, everyone in authority, any, all the governors, all the satraps, advisors, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all these ones, Anyone of importance, you're gonna come into the desert and when you hear this, 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 this you're gonna bow. Well, uh, well. so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have easily taken a knee. And in fact, the Lord told me to tell you guys this last spring, remember I preached on Daniel Shadrach, I said, this is coming. And the enemy's gonna want you to bow. But I believe the Lord wants us to stand. I said that. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, it would have been fine. Let's just, let's just take a quick knee. Who cares? Sorry, Lord. Boom. And it would have been just fine. Because, but they took, not only did they break the law and in front of everybody, but they were threatened with death and they actually got thrown into the fire. Oh, thank you. I forgot to grab my water bottle. They actually got thrown into the fire. You remember the story? They defied the law. They defied the the law that they they defied everybody. They got finked out by everyone. It's like, hey, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, well, over here, um, these Jews here that you you know have it's like, yeah, they're not listening to you. King says, "Is this true? Do you, we're gonna do this again." <clears throat> Music start to play, and they said, "You know what?" Uh, yeah, we know it's the law. We know you're the king. We know that you know, you want us to obey all that stuff. But we just want you to know that we will never bow to your God. Amen. We're gonna defy your order and we're not bowing. We'll get saved by God if we get thrown in the fire. But even if he doesn't save us, we're not bowing. Even if he doesn't, we're just simply not bowing to this. And we're not bowing our knee. We're not taking a knee here. And as you guys know, the rest of the story, God actually rescued them in Babylon at the time. And the king saw, you know, the fourth man in the fire and he said, hey, everyone, this is, this, their God is God. And, and if you speak against their God, you will, your houses will be turned to rubble. Wow, all right. You know, Jesus had a fight one day too, actually he fought the devil and i'm 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 actually, i'm going to just touch on this but jesus had an the devil came to him and he fought with the devil and what did he, what did jesus do he just he he beat he just said man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god he beat the devil with the word He beat the devil with the word, which tells me it's in the word. What we're supposed to do is in the word. I don't have an opinion about this. You can't, you can't, well, I think, what does the word say? How about we do this as spiritual leaders and pastors in the church? Why don't we just follow what the word says? Can we throw up Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25? Hebrews chapter 10. We're just gonna look at just a couple scriptures here tonight, but this is one. This one, everyone's quoting this, it seems, in Canada lately. Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25. Let's look at these three verses together. Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience with bodies washed in pure water. Next. Next. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Thank you. He who promised is faithful. Next. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as the day, you, uh, as you see the day approaching. Now, some people say, well, that says do not stop the act of assembling, but we can do that in Zoom. Now, listen, the word assemble is like putting a body part together. Let's take the arm, put it in the shoulder, the kneecap. It's like it's hard to do that on Zoom. But not only that, the word's very clear that God dwells in the praises of his people. There's something about coming together. The word of God is very clear. When, and there was no Zoom when they said this, by the way. This is the word of the Lord. This is God's command. He didn't say, do not stop the act of meeting together. Unless, of course, the government tells you to. If the government says you're not allowed to, then you're not. But if the government's okay, you should gather together. Why don't you pastors who are believe that we should just follow every you know everything the government says? Why don't you go to China and tell the church there that? Yeah. 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 Or those in Africa? who have the Muslims breathing down their neck and they know they could be killed at any moment, who are paying a big price to come together and assemble, why don't you go and tell them they should just stay home? To me and to many others, there is nothing that could replace the hour of worship that we have together here that I... I've not stopped meeting together for 32 years. I need this. And I'm kind of okay. I wouldn't be okay for long without the presence of God, though. In Acts, maybe we will look another. Quickly, just Acts 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Acts 4. The story is Peter and John were told, or is it? Peter and James, were told by the authorities not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus, right? It's like, um, what shall we, what does it say here? In verse 18, let's go to 18, 18 and 19. 18? No, that's 16, let's go to the next one. Next one, yeah, there you go. This is the leaders, this is the rulers of the day. They were saying to Peter, said, so they called them, the leaders and commanded them who is that that's peter and i think it's james or, but peter and john commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of jesus this is what they were taught this this is what they were said back in the day <clears throat> let's go next verse but peter and john answered and said to them whether it is right in the sight of god to listen to you to you or more to god or more than to god uh, you judge We are now being told not to gather in the name of Jesus. Oh, you can gather in the name of drugs. You can have an an AA meeting. I'm not opposed to the AA meeting. This is, that's wonderful. I'm not, at all. But I'm letting you, uh, the, the, the church needs to decide whether or not to obey God or men. This is where we're at now. Let's we're gonna look at just one more scripture verse, Acts 16, verse 35. Um, we're gonna Paul, what was Paul's stance in this? The apostle Paul, surely he had a stance. I mean, he wrote a good por- portion of, of, of the New Testament. Now, just I'm gonna quickly catch you up here. Everyone knows and loves the story of Paul and Silas in the Philippi jail. You know, they were they were beat. And they were thrown in jail and at midnight they began to sing. And, and then in Acts verse 31, this, the jailer got saved. There was an earthquake and they got released and, 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 and boom. What a great story. But here's the rest of the story that most people don't talk about. The next morning, <clears throat> it says that the magistrates, the rulers, because this is, this is a Roman colony. Philippi was a Roman colony. And, and it, this just suddenly happened and Paul kicks out a demon and the city goes crazy and they get thrown in jail. They're beat with rods and they're, they're fastened with shackles and the feet is very uncomfortable. It's terrible. But they were still praising God. By the way, I'm gonna let you know they were not allowed to worship in that jail. <laughs> they were not allowed to worship in that jail either but at midnight they did. But the next day, the next morning, the magistrate showed up and says, "Oh, they said, let the men go." And and so they came and said, "Paul," they said, "Paul, uh, you're allowed to go." The magistrate's just like, "No, no, I'm not going quietly. No, actually, you tell them to come and get me and escort me out, because I am a Roman citizen." And all of a sudden, they're like, "He's Roman citizen." And it says, so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates, okay, please don't switch the scripture when I'm reading. Yeah, let's go back. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. Next. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and, and have thrown us into prison, and now they want to put us out secretly? No, no, no. No, I ain't turning a cheek here. No, no, let them come themselves and get us out. Next. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Next. When they had come... Then they came, they actually came to Paul. They pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them, "Get go, just go, depart from the city. They brought them out, they're outside here, okay, just leave, just get out of here, okay? Then they, <clears throat> so they went out of the prison and entered the household of Lydia. If you read, they were with Lydia, a letter to the Lord, there's a house church planted just in the chapter earlier. And, um, and then of course, the big kerfuffle. But Paul here, This is what he does. Are you ready, pastors? This is what Paul did. I have rights. I am a Roman citizen. And I'm not just going quietly into the night. Paul did this more than once, if you know your Bible. Well, folks, we are Canadians. And we have rights. I know a lot of y'all God haters, and who cares? Who cares about the church? Well, I'm letting you know. Let's leave that alone for a moment. We have rights, and in fact, Paul says not only do I have rights. He takes it, it according to this. They went out. They te- they 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 went out. Of the prison and the rulers are like hey let's just go get out of the city here before more hoopla you know or another you kick out another demon or something because man the city was just in an uproar paul's like no i'm not ready to go come here and they go to the house church they go and visit lydia strengthen her and then he says to them okay i think i'm ready to go now his terms he had rights as a roman citizen Did you know that you have rights as a Canadian citizen? Did you know that? Paul pulled his rights card. He didn't just say, oh, well, I'm just a lowly Christian and you can just pee on me and do whatever you want. And I'll be quiet and I'll say thank you. I've got a picture actually that I need you to put up, Jonathan, just quickly. I want to show, show you Canadians something here. Here's a, here is a clip of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And just to let you know, our, char, our, our rights were written by men of God, put in by men of God because they knew what the enemy would, want, what, was, would do to us. And we're having technical issues. We want to just quickly throw this up. I want to just—it's not working. Sure. Well, listen. Just before we bring this up, I want—I want to I'm, I'm, speak to our chief medical officer, Bonnie Henry. And by the way, we respect and honor the position. We, re, uh, we love our RCMP, we love our medical office, we love like authority, and it's just like, we need it. We need you, we need you, you know, but, but listen, you, you, I, I, we do have something to say to you though, Bonnie. <clears throat> I've got something to say. The Canadian church has something to say. We believe you've sided with those who hold no value for the community churches of B.C., you disregard the important role of the church and society that we have. In the midst of increased crippling fear, suicide, divorce, family violence, addictions, etc., the church actually has become more essential than ever. Yeah. 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 <speaking> and, 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 and clearly, Canada, listen, out of the, you know, about 11,000 people who've sadly died from coronavirus this year, there's only about 500 of them that weren't in old folks homes. That's a fact. Yeah, that yeah. Palliative care in old folks home, about a whole 500 that have died. This <clears throat> Compare that to about 750 just in BC who've died from drug overdose. So you want to shut down the incredible emotional and spiritual support system of the church and send these hurting ones who need us down the street to the local dealer or pot shops, or to the bar or to watch the strippers to pass the time, or to eat with strangers and non-family at the same table without masks while you can gather while you can't gather at the church according to your rules with even with masks. On the day that you ordered the shutdown of the churches, there was only one hospitalized person with COVID in all of our region, Kootenai's, Okanagan, the, the Caribou, right up to PG. One person in the hospital with COVID, and you shut down this essential service, dealing with, uh, with, the, uh, with hurts and the, the emotional support that is needed, and you shut us down. In my opinion, and in the eyes of many professionals, this is no pandemic at all. Please reconsider coming after and so, being so blatantly biased towards the Canadian church. We see it. We do not like it at all. I uh, take a look here, Canadian Charter of Rights. Number two, everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. A, freedom of conscience and religion, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication, freedom of peaceful assembly, and freedom to associate. These are our freedoms. These are our rights as a Canadian, and I get to exercise these rights. And I will exercise these rights to everyone who's interested Paul played the rights card, and I am, as a Canadian, playing the rights card of a Canadian. These are given to me by God. I want to just wrap this up here. Um, I want to go back to the story of Tommy, actually, uh, the coward of the county. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bride. Her name was Becky, if you watched the uh, show. He loved her. And he, you know what? It, they were just so in love, and he could care less that he was called the coward of the county. He didn't need anyone else. He loved her, and they were good together. And, but one day while Tommy was at work, the Gatlin boys, he had always beat him up and picked on him, came to his house when he wasn't around, and they all took, had their way with his wife. When Tommy came home that day and realized what had happened, Tommy went down to the bar to confront the Gatlin boys. One of them got up and met him right in the middle of of the floor of the bar as he entered, and he just came to him and says, Tommy, you better get out of here before you get hurt. Tommy drops his head, and he goes back to the door, and he stands there, and as the sound goes, he could have heard a pin drop when he turned and he locked the door. Yeah, and he gave them all a bad beating. I believe that God's words, they are not only our highest authority, but I also believe he is telling us to stand and fight. And fight we shall. Also, just to let you know, this ministry and our friends and family and and, and whoever else is Bonnie, whoever else, you know, uh, we are lawyered up. Should the need arise, and we make no apology for it, that's not a threat. We're just ready. We are not taking this lying down. We are not going out into the night. We're not just going to send everyone to the pot shops or the bars. This is essential. We have someone here who's only been off the streets of East Van for four weeks. And he needs this. We all need this. I've been clean for 32 years. We all need this. There was this guy who got heavily fined um, in Manitoba this week. You might have seen the video for protesting and for teaching Sunday school. We're there, we're there, fine for teaching Sunday school. I actually got a call from him this week. Out of the blue, we encouraged one another. I told him he's not alone. I said, you're famous now, like a Hollywood person. (laughs) A lot of videos going out about you. I told him, no, on the contrary, there's a sleeping giant that's just about to be awakened Lawsuits are being launched all over. People are standing up to this blatant hypocrisy. Lawyers I've talked to have said the government wants a fight. They want the church to go into the darkness and just be silent and shut down. You got you want a fight? You've got one. You want one, you got one. So for Art Lucy here at the Harvest Ministries International, encouraging all of you, intercessors and pastors, to take your place. And actually at this moment, I actually want to call up my wife here. Pastor Heather Lucier, my wife of 29 years actually Oh, the last line of the song. And what is it? Sometimes you have to fight to be a man. That's right. After Tommy, he says, Dad, forgive me, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I did this, but sometimes you have to fight to be a man. It's true. Yeah, You know, you know so um, me and my wife have talked about this. We've talked with our leadership, and we're encouraging Canada to stand. It's, it's, it, it is time to stand. And... Uh, I just want to say Hebrews chapter 10 has just been, well, all the book of, read the book of Hebrews. Like it is so for today, but I love where it says, we are not of those who shrink back. We are not of those who shrink back. And I believe that's the call and that's the heart of God for the church. He says, he takes no pleasure in those who shrink back. It's right there, straight up in the word, read it and get it in your heart. We are not of those who shrink back. Today is the day to defy. And, you know, I wrote an article in August um, called A Day to Defy, and I asked the question, what would that look like and when would that come? Uh, Well, just in our most recent newsletter, please take one home, I wrote Day to Defy Part 2 because we're here, and it's time. Well, to the Church of Canada, you're not alone. Let's stand together. Everyone's waking up. It's time. Yes, there is a dividing between, the. I believe, in the day of harvest because we're here of, of uh, the wheat and the tares there are many churches who will not even open at all until a vaccination okay well there's a whole bunch of your people who are dying and, and struggling in their marriages and with suicidal thoughts and when they lose their business and this crippling fear that's being put out by the government They need they need leaders now more than ever so let's stand together Amen. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you later.